Hi, welcome everybody to Paul Lisnick Behind the Curtain. My guest for this show is, is the star of a show I've been waiting to come to Chicago for so long, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes, that To Kill a Mockingbird, Harper Lee. And ordinarily, while I save the political end of things for television, as you all know, this is a show that, you know, it brings the political issues out front, even though the story goes back so many years. And I'm honored that joining me for this interview is the star of To Kill a Mockingbird, an actor I have admired for so many years. Richard Thomas joins me. Richard, thank you for your time. You're wonderful. Oh, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be with you. So let's turn to To Kill a Mockingbird. First of all, Woody and I saw a show on Broadway with, with Jeff Daniels, who originated that role there. So glad you're doing it here. But what do you say to Thank people you. who say, well, you know, I, I, I read that book in high school, and, um, you know, the, the story's so old. Uh, you know, I, why would we even go see it? And I'm going to let you tell them why they need to go see this. Well, I'll tell you a couple of things. First of all, if you read it in high school and you like it, you should read it again. Because reading it as a young person and reading it as an adult, uh, I mean, you know, as a fully-fledged adult and maybe perhaps even as a parent, it's a completely different experience. Uh, the play is so much about about uh, parents and children, you know, about childhood growing up, but also about parenting, as the play is as well. So I would, first of all, advise people who really like the show, I, didn't, I mean, like the, liked it when they read the book originally, to read it again. It's a wonderful experience the second time around. And second of all, you know, you say, people would say, well, that's an old story. It's not really. It's, today. it's not ours. It's our story, um, uh, for better and worse. You know, the, the, the story of our aspirations as Americans, uh, how worthy our aspirations are and how often we fall short of them, you know, is, uh, is, an, is an ever-present story. And so I think it's one of the reasons that Mockingbird is an evergreen piece of material, because it's always, it's always holding a mirror up to the best and the worst of us, um, you know, as people and as a society. So it's, uh, it, it, Mockingbird is always going to have something to say to any generation of Americans. And Aaron Sorkin has done the most extraordinary job of adapting it, because even though he's remained fully, fully true to the spirit of, of Harper Lee's original, uh, he's expanded and brought the material forth and, and, and opened it up in ways that I think um, interrogate it really well in, in terms of how we would look at that material today, you know, post-2020 and everything that we're going through now in terms of our, our racial justice story. And, and Aaron really, really really has looked at it, even though it was written before 2020, it, it's, he's really brought many of the issues in the book. Uh, he hasn't made them contemporary because it's still set in its original time and place. But he's brought these ideas forward into how we're talking about them now. And I think, uh, I think that makes it even more pertinent, you know. Well, you, and you, you went to where I was going to go next, but you mentioned Aaron Sorkin, and, and as you should, here's the thing. The way I viewed it when I, when I saw the, you know, the Sorkin production of this, first of all, Aaron Sorkin is just amazing, period, and, and just turns everything, including the Lucy and Ricky Ricardo, into, into amazing right. stories. But my view of this was he kept the integrity of, the, of that original story, but he did see the need to relate it to today's issues, which is why we, people connect. Would, would you agree? Exactly. I would totally agree with you. Um, he, he totally honored the original material in tone and style and in feeling, uh, and yet, you know, he's given Atticus a much, I think, a much more interesting um, emotional journey uh, and as strong as it is in the book, I think 
I think he's he's taken Atticus down off the pedestal in a wonderful way, which of course makes it much more fun to play. And uh, he's also brought forth characters like Tom Robinson and Calpurnia, um, you know, uh, two of the African American characters in the book, into a very rich central position in the play. Um, and uh, the, the, those two things alone have, 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 have made the theatrical experience of the material terrific because he, he's given great roles for actors to play, and also I think he's deep in the humanity of those characters, including Atticus, and, in my opinion. And uh, to me, you are brilliant casting for this, and because aside from the humans and, and Waltons and all the other things you've done, people, you have a far more extensive you know, a theater history that people may even realize they so many know you from television. But to me, Atticus is real. And I think Richard Thomas and the people we've grown up with, he's real. And I think it's why you are perfect for this role because people just buy into you as a human. Well, that's very kind of you to say, and I hope I can live up to those kind words. I do think that, you know, when I knew that they were going to be touring the show, and I assumed they did, you know, if I went to see Jeff and Ed and saw what a great show it was, you know, I, 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 the minute I, I thought they're going to tour the show and I want to do it, um, uh, and I really want to take it out to the country because this is a great, I mean, I love touring and I love touring plays, and it, it, uh, this show is, a, is the perfect show to take around the country right now. So uh, I was delighted to have been given the invitation. And I think, you know, Atticus, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy, you know, inhabiting him. I enjoy wearing that suit and being that man, and I think that Aaron has given, as I said, earlier in his language, the beautiful language of the play and, the, and how he's, the journey he's given the character, it's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, place to, part to live in as a, for an actor. And, and we seem to, uh, we see, Atticus and I seem to be at home with each other. <laughs> And, you know, listen, not only were you one of many children in, in, your, in your television past, but I, if I have this right, you yourself have, I think, seven kids, five girls, two boys. Is that right? I do. That's exactly right. Five girls, two boys. And they range so from I, 25 to 45. And uh, so the parenting aspect of this story has always been very, very important to me. And that, that's, that's why I brought it up, because, you know, relating to it with, with having kids and so many girls, especially because here you've got the daughter scout in the show. How does that, you know, when you take on a role, is this, is this just, hey, I'm just playing Atticus Finch and the role is what it is? Or do you find it necessary to say, no, I, this is Richard Thomas. I've got kids. I've got girls. I connect to this in a personal way. Well, you know, you, it, it's always good to, when there are points of contact or there are affinities, natural affinities between you and your own life and the character you're going to play, uh, whether or not it's a contemporary character or someone from the, from the distant past, those affinities are always important. They give you a, an emotional connection. Uh, and an experiential connection. So if, you, if you're playing a parent, it's good to, to, have, to have had kids. I mean, you can just, you know, what it feels like to be a parent. If you, you know, there are all of these, these ways in which you can connect with the role you're playing, and those are, those are wellsprings for you as an actor, They're very important. So I do have that as a parent, and, I, and, it, and it makes my playing of the scenes with, uh, with Scout and Jim and Dill particularly delicious for me, you know, I really enjoy it. That's like, of course, they're just they're wonderful actors in these parts, but, you know, Melanie Moore's scout is great, and they're all just great. And, and uh, the other thing about it is, I think, you know, we talk so much about the social justice aspect of To Kill a Mockingbird, which is, 
so important um, to the material. But the other part of this story is is the story of young people growing up and a man trying to raise his kids and, and instill values in them, but allowing them to see you know everybody learning what the real world is like. So, so I say that the family. The family part of this story is, is just as important. Uh, it's the other half of the story, and and Aaron again has has balanced them beautifully, and um, and Barshir, in his amazing d- direction of it, has has also given full life to the family story as well as the story of what happens in that courtroom. I'm so glad you mentioned Bart Share too, because, and by the way, not that you're going to have any time off, but if you just walk down the street to the Cadillac Palace, you can watch Fiddler on the Roof, another Bart Share directed show will be going on. But so, what to me, when you, I mean, to me, Bart Share, I mean, you, you, one can't ignore him. For people that don't understand the importance of the director, and he works so well with Sorkin, because he's somebody, too, who respects actors and experience. Uh, respects the integrity. Um, talk about working with him and what makes Bart Shear the legend he is in New York. You know, I've known Bart a long time, and his he has an incredible. He's incredibly intelligent, and um, and he has great wit, and he has uh, and he's physically very inventive. I mean, he really knows how to put a show on stage physically, but he has a great sense of humor, and he, and he brings so much vivacity and energy and fun to the process, um, the working process. It's, it's, it's delightful. And when, when you have a, a process with a director that's delightful, um, you always want to go that extra mile, and, it, and you can always together find new things and explore new areas. So uh, just everything about that experience of working with him on this was, one, was wonderful. He's, um, he's just, you know, he's top, he's top shelf. He really is. Yeah, and uh, so many, I mean, Oslo, just so many of the shows he's done, just just amazing. You also have something special in this show, um, and I'm not sure when she joined the cast, but Mary Badham, who played Scout in the movie, I think she won the Oscar for it, played Scout in the movie, is in this show, and for anybody who thinks, oh, is she playing Scout again? No, I wouldn't say so. No, 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 we are, we're, I mean, Mary's been with us from the beginning, and, uh, she did play Scout in the movie. It's an unforgettable performance. And uh, she's now playing Scout's sort of polar opposite, the, um, you know, the bigoted, uh, horrible Mrs. DuBose. And she's fantastic in the part. And it's so wonderful to have her with us. She's, a, you know, she's our talisman. She's our connection with the original material. And it's very, very special and, and uh, very meaningful for all of us. She's a wonderful woman, and she's a... She's wonderful in this part. So, so people who come to see us will, you know, will not only get to reconnect with the material, they'll they'll have a chance of doing it through Mary Badham, who is, you know, whose um, connection with the film takes us all the way back to that period when the when the book was originally written. And I, and, I, and I have to, I was sort of tongue-in-cheek when I said, is she playing Scout again? Because and sometimes when we see people when they're kids, they never grow up, right? Uh, they, they are yeah, they are yeah. in time. Uh, but can you, so can you give us a little insight? I mean, because I, I know people are going to ask me about this, so I want to ask you when, you, when you first sat down with Mary, when you talked to Mary, what questions did you have? What did you learn from her uh, about the movie production, about Gregory Peck? Did any of that matter to you? Did you want that kind of insight, or once again, was it a new project? No, we had we I mean, I knew, I knew Greg Peck myself um, back in the day, and uh, he was a lovely, terrific man, and, and uh, wonderful in that movie, obviously. 
Doug, we haven't talked really at length about it. Um, you know, we're very much engaged in, in the production we're doing now, and, and Mary had, you know, wonderful insight into her feelings about the material during the rehearsal process, and she was very generous with, with sharing her experiences. Uh, but um, the, 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 the great pleasure is to be engaged with her as she is now, giving this wonderful performance in this uh, in this part, which is so vividly written <laughs> by Aaron, uh, she's a terrific lady, and she's she's devoted so much of her life to uh, to the issues that are that are you know in Mockingbird in the material. And she's uh, she's a she's a ter- just a terrific woman and a, and, a, and a great force for good. And I, I'm not turning political with you, but for me, the the sense of this show became even all the more real when you when you take it back into 2016 and Charlottesville and all that again I'm not, I'm not turning you not turning political on the issue but I'm wondering whether this show given all the country has gone through in the last four or five years or so has this made your performance in the show resonate differently with you than prior to that time I know you weren't playing it prior to that but the, how much of a difference has the history we've lived through made a difference well anytime you're Anytime you're reimagining a classic, whether it's a version of a novel or a redoing of a of a great play or a, whatever it is, uh, you're, it's going to be it's going to be looked at through the through the lens of the world we're living in now, right? So, so obviously, this resurgence of passion about racial justice and social justice over the over the last few years, and of course it's political, how could it be not? It's totally political. Um, the, the, the idea of our, of, uh, of our history and how it relates to, to these issues of racial justice, um, and indeed justice and, and fairness on all counts, uh, is, it feels doubly relevant, as relevant as this piece of material. And it's a word that I don't really always like to use in terms of theater, because for me the most important thing about a meeting of theater is that it gives people that experience that they come away with, that they have feelings about, and asks questions that they want to think about. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, you know, relevance makes it sound like, you know, a, a vitamin supplement. But, but it is, it does actually reflect the world that we're living in right at this very moment. Um, uh, you know, sadly, the, the sadnesses, the tragedies, and the outrages of the original material are still with us so, in so many ways. Um, and they resonate right now. And one of the things I really respect about Sorkin's treatment, again, having seen the show but looking forward to opening night with you, is it looks like Sorkin took the issues of the book but he brought them forward, and he doesn't fix Atticus. I mean, he, he, he doesn't, he, he tries to, it looks like he tries to strike a balance to keep things relevant, but he doesn't fix everybody. No, no, as I said, he's taken Atticus off the pedestal, which is great, because for an actor, you just want to be able to play a person. You know, you can't, icon, icons aren't playable. Um, and and uh, he's, he's given him, you know, the story of Atticus is, sort of loss of innocence parallels the kids. And uh, so there's a real wonderful journey for an actor to take in the role um, that, 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 he's, that he's given us. He's, he's uh, you know, he's just really, he's anticipated many of the ways in which the original material is interrogated today. And that's exciting, you know. 
Um, he's, he's, he's just a masterful job what he's done. You've been on Broadway, you're touring around the country. Just before I wrap up, I have to say, my view is Chicago audiences, there's a reason so many shows come here pre-Broadway. Chicago audiences right. tend to be smart, sophisticated. I know I think I'm one of them, but do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Chicago is a great theater city. It's always been a great theater city. It has a great population of actors, directors, writers, theater makers, producers, and wonderful theaters. And it's always an honor to play Chicago because... Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's one of America's great theater centers, and uh, it's 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 always a highlight on any on any route to, to come into Chicago and play for you guys because you really know what you're looking at. <laughs> and as, and aside from having Garrett's popcorn right next door to the theater, so I'm sure you'll be getting the cheese corn, caramel corn, Nick. I hope you will. Well, you yeah. it, when you come to Chicago, you'll be here for just under two weeks. Other places, you say, "Hey, in Chicago, here's where I'm going." Well, you know, as I. Being an actor at a certain age and in a role that's as large, <laughs> as demanding as this, uh, I'm pretty monkish in my habits. Um, and fortunately, I've spent a lot of time in Chicago over the years. So I've been to a lot of the places, but I will always go to the Art Institute for um, you know the revelations I always find when I go there. I've never I've never been in Chicago and Baltimore, but some new something new and incredible has. Uh, has been there before me to look at, and uh, so I'm, I'm always excited about that. But I just love the town. You know, I'm a New Yorker, so I love a town that has, you know, buzz and rumble and, and uh, excitement and all the things that Chicago has. So it's, it's good to just be there. Well, Richard Thomas, again, is a longtime fan. Thank you for your time. To Kill a Mockingbird is playing at the James Niederlander Theater. It's playing from May 17th to May 29th. I know you know these theaters. Although I think when you were here for Humans, I'm pretty sure you were in what was the Schubert at that time. But this is a grand, beautiful theater. Yes, yes. I'm very excited about it. We're looking forward to coming your way. Tickets can be purchased at broadwayinchicago.com. I'm sure we'll see you on another WGM Media while you're here. I thank you for your time. And... Well, I'm going to say good night, John Boy. <laughs> good night, Richard. Good night, Attica. All right. Thank you, Thank you for <laughs> you all you've done. Thanks for having me. Take care. Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv and hey don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes and tune in each week to hear more insider scoop coming to you from behind the curtain